Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Would you be the jerk for telling your mom you wish she died instead of your dad? We'll get into that in a bit, but first, am I the jerk for opening a fake gift during a family Christmas party? Every year, my family does Christmas at my mom's, and she insists that we open all presents together, even gifts between spouses, etc. It's normally an okay tradition, but sometimes it can spark jealousy or comparisons between families. This year, my husband saved up and bought me my dream designer handbag for Christmas. I know some people aren't into that, but it's something that I truly love. We're not well off, but we're not doing poorly either but I knew that the handbag would cause a lot of discussion amongst my siblings and parents. I just didn't want their opinions and criticisms to ruin a special gift my husband worked hard to get for me. So this year, my husband got me an extra gift that wasn't the real gift. It was a moderately priced skincare set. Christmas came and went without drama, but I recently posted a picture of my husband and our kids at dinner, and my handbag could be seen hanging off the back of my chair. One of my friends commented underneath about how gorgeous my Christmas gift was as well. Long story short, word got back to my family and they totally blew up. Some were annoyed that I opened a private gift separately from the family. Others were criticizing the price of the gift. My siblings are now calling me disingenuous for harboring a secret gift and they said I did it because I think I'm better than them. I didn't open it with them because I didn't want their opinions, but now I'm starting to feel like a jerk for keeping it a secret. I knew either way they'd all criticize me though since it was much more expensive than all the other gifts, so I don't know whether or not I'm wrong. Their reaction and the utter outcry is more than enough to explain why OP's not the jerk and why they did what they did. Could you not argue that OP should just gather their collective outrage from various people, assemble it, make some big group chat, and explain, this is why you harbored the secret gift? Because this is just the secondary outrage you get over an Instagram photo, not even what you would have in person opening this gift in front of all of them. Imagine how OP feels from all this digital hatred. Can you not understand why OP wouldn't want it in person? Also, hi. I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy getting to decide whether or not all of these people are jerks, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, am I the jerk for expecting my day to cover the cleaning cost of a dress he ruined? I, 27-year-old female, am in a bit of a dilemma and could really use some advice. I've been seeing this guy for a couple months, and we decided to go to a nice high-end restaurant for a date. Initially, I was going to wear a nice dark blue dress that I like to wear out, but he asked me to wear a different white dress that I'd shown him once, as it had matched his outfit. I've never had a guy ask me this. The white dress in question was a gift from my late grandmother, and was quite expensive. So I was reluctant, but agreed and just asked that we didn't go anywhere after where I might spill something on it, or otherwise mess it up. He mentioned clubbing after dinner, which is why I said that. I didn't want to risk messing the dress up. 
and he said we could just go to dinner and I could change out of it before doing anything else. Great. However, the evening took a turn for the worse when he accidentally spilled his red wine all over my dress. He had gotten an unexpected call and when he tried to quickly mute his ringer, his elbow hit his glass and it spilled all in the lap area of my dress before I could react. It was completely drenched and stained. He was apologetic at the time and I tried to be cool about it, but inside I was devastated, especially since I'd mentioned specifically how I wanted to be careful wearing it. Later, I mentioned that the dress was very expensive and asked if he'd be willing to help with the cost of cleaning or replacing it. To get it professionally cleaned and the stain removed would cost $100, which I asked him to pay half of. To my surprise, he got quite defensive. He argued that it was an accident and that I was being unreasonable for expecting him to pay for something like that and that it was my fault for wearing it out knowing that it could have happened. I feel like it's a matter of principle. Yes, it was on accident, but the dress is ruined, and it was extremely sentimental to me, not to mention a valuable dress. He thinks I'm being materialistic and making a big deal out of nothing. Now, I'm not sure how to feel about his reaction. Am I the jerk for expecting him to cover the cost? I think OP's definitely not the jerk. If they're an adult capable of taking another adult out to a dinner... They're more than capable of paying a $50 oops I'm sorry for messing up the prize dress you told me you didn't even want to wear in the first place. This guy is way in the wrong on this one. Our next story is, am I the jerk for giving my child the same name as my friend's stillborn baby? I, 26 year old female, am currently 7 months pregnant and a few weeks ago we found out that we were having a little girl. My husband, 28-year-old male, and I had already decided on what to name our baby depending on the gender, and upon finding out that she was going to be a girl, we announced that we would name her Adelaide. I first heard of this name when I was a kid and thought it was beautiful, and decided that if I ever had a daughter, I would name her Adelaide. After hearing this, one of my friends, 27-year-old female, who I've been close with since we were at university, began acting distant towards us. Throughout my pregnancy, I've tried to be sensitive to her feelings, as I knew it was a sore point for her. Two years ago, she tragically lost her baby girl to a stillbirth. I can't even begin to imagine how heartbreaking this must have been for her, and I made sure I supported her through this devastating loss. Despite her trauma, she has never been anything less than kind and empathetic towards me, up until that day. A couple of weeks later, she confronted us, suggesting we change the name of our baby, to which we rebuffed. She kept on trying to convince us, suggesting different names or saying that Adelaide was too old-fashioned or that it wouldn't suit our child. We kept on denying to change her name until eventually my friend started crying and revealed that Adelaide was the name she'd chosen for her stillborn baby. When she was pregnant, she refused to tell anyone her baby's name as she wanted it to be a surprise for when she was born. After the stillbirth, she decided she would keep the name to herself because it was personal to her, to which we understood. Until recently, no one knew what her baby was going to be called. She claims that by keeping our name, we are disrespecting the memory of her baby. She said that if I chose the same name, then my daughter would be a living reminder of what could have been. I completely understand her grief, but I believe I should have the right to name my own child without being burdened by someone else's trauma. Am I the jerk? To be honest, I think OP's not the jerk here and I think it's a very unfortunate circumstance. 
but it's one of those situations where you both arrived at the same point without ever having any knowledge of either side going there. Especially with the background history of OP wanting to name their kid this all their lives, they shouldn't be restricted because of what happened. Now the issue is, you have to decide whether or not you want this friendship with this person because continuing to name your kid that might fracture. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. For your relationship. Our next story is, am I the jerk for quitting because I was called an employee? My significant other and I started a business and am doing decent, not well off, but we've turned a profit a lot quicker than I thought we would. I am literally doing 100% of the work. I've worked myself into exhaustion and sickness getting this off the ground. He is working a regular job to keep paying the bills. Anyways, his mother and him have been no contact for a while and they just started talking again. She offered him a hefty loan to help his business, I'm talking over $20,000, as long as I was just an employee. She has always hated me but I won't get into that. While yes, he has gotten me a few orders from his co-workers, I am still creating and doing 100% of the job while also doing the social media part. He doesn't even know how to work the machine or the programs to run it. While it was his money that got everything in the beginning, I've earned that back twice over my own. When I heard him say that I was just an employee, I said, as just an employee, I quit. I seriously stopped in the middle of a project, not an order but a prototype for a possible product, and went to our room. Heck, I still have paint on my hands while typing this. Am I the jerk? Update, we won't be getting the loan. He called her and told her that I am the co-owner and that the business wouldn't even be close to where it is without me. In fact, he couldn't have done it without me at all. Good on OP for sticking up for themselves and saying it how it is. They are 100% right here and I'm glad they were able to get their significant other on board with that and acknowledge that to their mom. Our next story is, am I the jerk for moving out of my parents' house during their divorce? 
My parents got married young and had me in their teens. I, 15-year-old female, grew up as someone they blamed their problems on, and honestly, they act like I'm the cause of their divorce. My choice in the divorce was to live with my mom and do weekly visits to dad, or vice versa. But they pulled me aside and said I could also decide if I wanted to stay with my grandparents because they requested custody. There is nothing I would want more than to live with them, as they act more like my parents than my real ones. When my mom heard this, she got really upset at me and started calling me a bench and a jerk and complaining that no one loves her. She called my grandparents and started at them too. My dad is a drunkie and one of the only times he's sober, he tells me, You're a bench like your mom and you're going to hoe around and get pregnant by the time you're 16. I of course got really upset and called the child service person and my grandparents to see if they could get custody. Well they are, and my parents are really upset over the whole thing, especially because they believe they haven't been abusive to me. I'm at my grandparents house officially now, and they keep calling me to scream and curse and I feel really bad. My grandma tells me that they're insecure and bad people, but I think I'm a jerk for doing this to them. So long story short, I moved out and my parents keep telling me to come back home because they think I'm a bench for leaving them. I'm starting to think I was too harsh and some of my friends told me that I was being dramatic about it. Am I the jerk? This is a very stressful situation and honestly whatever you feel the most comfortable with, what you personally want, I think that is the right thing. Especially at 15 or 16 years old, you can totally understand and make that decision for yourself and you'll be able to know what is and isn't right. If your grandparents provide this safe space for you where you feel the most comfortable and you feel like they're the most parent-like people in your life, how could you be wrong for that? The other people just want you to feel that way. Our next story is, am I the jerk for telling my parents to figure their own crap out and booking my own flight and hotel? My 19-year-old female family is going to Italy in the spring. Due to conflicting schedules, I'll be leaving five days before them and coming home four days after they arrive. My sister, 15, was supposed to fly out with me and was going to go home with our parents, but they take forever to do anything. I was looking for flights and told my parents I needed an exact date that they planned on leaving so I could book the flights. They said they'll get back to me. I asked again and they still didn't know. I told my mom that I was booking my flight and they can do theirs later. They figured out the dates, but after the website I booked my flight on won't let me get the flight for my sister because she's not an adult, so somebody's gonna have to call and figure that out. Then I started talking about hotels. I found some that were a decent price, so I showed my mom and she said it's a lot of money so we have to show my dad and have him approve. The problem with that is that he likes to wait until the last minute to get a hotel. He once booked a hotel when we were in the car driving to that vacation. After waiting a few days, I booked my own hotel and told my parents that I got my own place and they can figure their own crap out. Now they're saying I'm being impatient, controlling, and trying to ruin the trip. Am I the jerk for telling them to figure their own crap out and taking care of myself? I wholeheartedly do not blame OP in this position. It reminds me honestly of all the times I try to schedule something with people in the past and just getting so frustrated when almost every time the answer was something like, well, we'll see as it gets closer. Hey, next Tuesday look good? Oh, you know, we'll just have to see. Like, you and I both know, come Tuesday, you're not going to be hitting me up saying, oh yeah, today is good. God forbid, as an antisocial person, I've got to exert the energy to actually set up and invite, and then do the same thing the day of, while still being completely in the dark. You get let down so many times like that, and I don't blame OP. 
This next story is, am I the jerk for not wanting to pay for my stepdaughter's trip with her mom? My stepdaughter, Eleven, who's with her mom most of the time, has one of those trips to DC coming up. Mom previously went with her older daughter and signed stepdaughter and herself up to go in 2025. Our custody order states any extra expense over $200 has to be agreed upon before either is obligated to pay. We were not consulted, just told it was done and to start paying. Some history here. 2019, my husband and I took our son on a last minute trip to visit my dad's side of the family. Mom got upset stepdaughter didn't get to go and showed her our pics on social media to make her mad at us. 2021, we take both kids on a trip and ask if mom will send some spending cash, like $100, so stepdaughter can get souvenirs to bring home to them, and she said no and she shouldn't have to pay for our vacation. 2023, we took both kids to Disney World for Christmas, and while she said she would, she didn't send anything with her. Fine, we had them doing chores and saving all year for spending cash. We said no to paying for half of the $2,600 trip and are legally not required to. This was an opportunity through the school but is not a school-sponsored trip. Mom already thinks yes, but am I the jerk? I don't think OP's the jerk here because they were not consulted at all about it. There might be the slimmest argument of, well, just suck it up for the kid, but OP wasn't consulted and they're totally being taken advantage of or expected to be taken advantage of in a way that she's never shown any history of willing to reciprocate. Experience for the kid or not, you can't just expect to get away with spending $1,300 of someone else's money without ever consulting them. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Next story is, am I the jerk for wanting my stepdaughter's friend to go home? So my 16-year-old female stepdaughter has had her friend over for four days. I wasn't even consulted about the length of her stay in the first place. I asked my husband on the third day, when is she going home? He said, tomorrow, maybe, I don't know. So the fourth day comes around and I asked him again. He says, I don't know, I'll have to ask my daughter. I just simply state to him that I would like her to go now, it's been four days. I feel like it's been a long enough stay and that she should go. He said that it's up to his daughter when she leaves. I said, no, it's up to us parents. So he leaves to the garage and I go about my day. He comes back in less than five minutes to argue with me about it. I just say I've had enough of the visit and that four days is enough. We argue for like five minutes and he leaves for at least two to two and a half hours. So I go out for a walk in the conservation area near our home and he comes to find me to tell me that the girl overheard our conversation and left in a taxi when his daughter got home from work. Both of my stepdaughters have been going back and forth to work for at least three of the days that the friend has been here. So now my husband won't have anything to do with me. So pretty clearly not the jerk. I don't understand why he's just so okay with having somebody stay over for a week and not having any control over the situation of their household, just leaving it up to their daughter. I bet you a million dollars they'd be a little bit more particular about it if they knew that that was their partner they were having over all that time. 
It's a shared household. Opie absolutely has a say in this. And if she was going to stay over for three, four, five days or whatnot or however long, Opie should have been consulted and factored into that decision. Our next story is, am I the jerk for texting my wife, your sister is welcome to stay? My sister-in-law, 33-year-old female, was visiting us from out of town and staying with us, 35-year-old male and 35-year-old female, for a week between Christmas and New Year. We were supposed to go out last night, but I got into a silly fight with my wife, so I stormed off and went home by myself. I won't get into the details of this argument because I accept the bulk of the culpability for it, and it's not the point of this am I the jerk question. It's probably worth noting for context that there has been simmering tension between me and my wife lately, to the point she brought up if it would make sense for us to take time apart. When I arrived home, I concluded it would be best for me to leave the apartment for the rest of sister-in-law's stay, which had another 48 hours remaining as her flight could not be changed. We're in a one-bedroom New York City apartment, with sister-in-law staying in our living room, so it's impossible not to be in each other's face all the time. I believed sister-in-law would feel uncomfortable due to the tension and my continued presence would effectively force her out of our place, which I considered would be unfair to her. Besides, sister-in-law is currently a grad student living off a student loan with a ridiculously high interest rate, and she would be paying exorbitant hotel rates in New York City during New Year's Eve weekend, whereas I have enough credit card points to make the out-of-pocket expenses a minimal consideration. Therefore, I texted my wife as follows. I'm leaving the house at 9pm and plan to return on January 1st. Let's talk in person then. Your sister is welcome to stay until then. At 8.45pm, I'd finished packing my overnight bag when, to my surprise, my wife and sister-in-law arrived at the apartment. Sister-in-law accused me of being extremely rude, taking particular umbrage with the last sentence of my text. Well, I said that out of consideration for you. I admit I'm at fault for this fight with your sister, so I was merely offering to minimize the inconvenience to you, our guest, by my leaving instead. I responded. Sister-in-law declared, I'm an adult and you do not tell me whether to stay or leave. With that, sister-in-law grabbed her things and ventured off into the December night. A single woman with no plans in a city she's unfamiliar with, which is exactly what I feared and had tried to prevent. My wife is now mad at me for giving sister-in-law no option but to leave by saying she's welcome to stay. I'm baffled because it was intended to be anything but that. Am I the jerk for this sentence? I could have handled the situation better overall, but the sisters are convinced that my saying sister-in-law is welcome to stay is the chief offense of all. A second related am I the jerk question. After sister-in-law exited, I wondered out aloud to my wife, well, should I at least offer to book your sister a hotel room? But since sister-in-law had left to make the point that she's an independent woman, I did not pursue this option further, and now my wife is also angry about this. Am I the jerk for not reaching out to sister-in-law and offering to book her a hotel room? So, I don't think OP's the jerk here. They were doing a very healthy thing by trying to remove themselves from a tense situation, and this sister-in-law just went full victim complex trying to say, well, I'm an independent woman and you can't make my decisions for me. Well, in that case, okay, good luck going out independent womaning yourself in New York City with no plans during New Year's Eve weekend. At that point, when she storms off because she's an independent woman and how dare you offer her a place to stay, 
I mean, you're completely cut loose of any responsibility there. Our next story is, am I the jerk for insisting my sister buy my son a new PlayStation? My 10-year-old son got a PlayStation for Christmas. My 4-year-old nephew stuck a piece of ham in the disc part and tried to turn it on. He also dropped a controller on the hard floor, damaging it very slightly. The PlayStation is okay, but i rather my sister buy my son a new one and take this one. My sister said I was being ridiculous and that that one is still fine. I told my sister unless she buys it, I'm not having them over again. I think it really does come down to how functional the PlayStation is. I mean, if everything's still working, and I mean the hammed up disc reader is still totally working, I mean, I feel like there's maybe some kind of compensation that could be done, but realistically, no real harm was done. Maybe the disc reader doesn't read discs as well because it's all ham smudged up. I mean, if it hasn't died yet, I'm not too afraid of ham juice that's still in the machine going to fry it later. But at the same time, I can't really blame OP and say that OP's the jerk. I mean, there is a lingering fear that this ham will come back to haunt the PlayStation and kill it, right? I mean, to be fair, putting ham inside the disc slot of the PlayStation probably does void the warranty, so I don't know. Our next story is, am I the jerk for complaining to my brother-in-law for making my daughter a picky eater? So my daughter is nine and has been generally good with food. She usually eats everything. A few weeks ago, my wife was traveling for work and I had a family emergency back in my home country. So suddenly, we needed someone to look after our daughter Chloe for about a week, and my wife's brother Owen, 30-year-old male, volunteered and saved the day. Owen is a foodie and, to be fair, makes delicious food. But he's also quite picky and maybe a bit judgmental of food that isn't done properly or isn't fancy enough. This isn't usually an issue though. Looks like during this time, Chloe and Owen had the time of their lives, because my daughter was quite happy in the end, and, well, we learned about the surprises later on. Apparently, Owen fed her some really fancy food and kind of changed her perspective about a lot of the food we typically eat. I learned this the hard way when Chloe asked for a grilled cheese and then didn't eat what I made her. Typical American style, which she always liked, wanted it the way her uncle Owen made it. I called Owen for the recipe, but goodness me, I had to buy like 10 new ingredients, several types of cheese, a kind of bread that I don't have or can't make, make fresh bechamel sauce or whatever it's called, etc. Like, I don't have time to do any of these and they're expensive. I did give this a try and my daughter did say it was nice, but not as good as Uncle Owen's. This keeps on happening now. Pretty much everything me or my wife makes, or when we order pizza, she says this is not good and wants it the way Owen does it. We then call Owen for the recipe and everything is complex, expensive, needs equipment we don't have, and time consuming. Owen hosted Christmas dinner and Chloe asked me to go there early to help her uncle and, well, the day after that said that's how we should make food. In my kind of frustration, I called Owen and told him he kind of made our lives a lot more difficult. We never had trouble with food before, and now it's the number one issue. He suggested that maybe we can expand our horizons and it's good for Chloe to experience a wider range of food choices instead of complaining to her person who gives food to Chloe. My wife agrees that it's a lot more difficult now, but says it was kind of a jerk thing to complain to Owen when he was doing us a favor and he hasn't done anything except give Chloe good and healthy food. From my perspective, it was just not necessary for a 9-year-old to turn into Gordon Ramsay and make our lives a lot more complicated. It sounds to me like OP's the kind of person who thinks salt, 
alone is all you need for seasoning, which is totally fine. Which, to be honest, my palate is garbage too. Salt is all I need for most of my meals as well. But clearly this isn't Owen's fault. He made some good food, and she enjoys the good food. Honestly, I think this is more just about parenting than it is Owen's fault. Our next story is, am I the jerk for letting my kids say hi in Spanish? Hi, I, white mid-30s female, have a 7-year-old son. I don't speak Spanish. I don't remember exactly how, but a while ago he learned how to say hi in Spanish. He also learned to say aloha and found it fascinating because it sounds so similar to hola. He is very proud of his new bilingual greeting skills. When out in public, shopping, or at restaurants, he frequently greets people in Spanish instead of English to show off. Last week we were out shopping, I was distracted searching the shelf for a particular item when another mom and a boy about the same age walked into the aisle. I didn't realize it at the time, but the other family was speaking Spanish. My son, however, definitely noticed and said hola to the other boy. The boy looked at my son with disgust and said, that's not funny, then quickly walked away. I understand how the other boy could have perceived this as mocking, but I honestly don't believe that was my son's intention. I don't want to be rude or offensive or teach my son to be unintentionally. I have been feeling guilty about it ever since. I'm a bit neurospicy and have difficulty with social situations like this. So, am I the jerk? I really don't think OP's the jerk here. I don't think their kid's the jerk, 7 years old. I mean, it's not even a mistake in general. I think it's kind of victimizing themselves to have somebody say hola to you because you're speaking Spanish and immediately go... Oh yeah, okay, that's racist, how dare you. I mean, if anything, they're the ones that are acting like it's off-limits for a white person to speak Spanish, which also doesn't make much sense when you consider how many people native to Spain identify as white. This next story is, Am I the jerk for telling my mom I wished she died instead of my dad? I, 51-year-old female, am the second youngest child of eight. Growing up, there was a constant unfairness and favoritism between my siblings from my parents. My sister Kathy, who I'm 18 months apart from, and I would always get the short end of the stick when we were younger. Kathy and I got pulled out of private school and put into public high school so my parents could pay for my older sister's university. In high school, I participated in many things like ASB and swimming, but my parents never showed up for anything or give us rides to school so we had to walk. When it came time to applying for college, my parents only gave Kathy and I two options. Community college, or a university that my two older brothers went to. In 2015, my dad, 82-year-old male, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. When his condition got worse in 2016, I would visit daily. He passed away late in May of 2016. After he passed, the favoritism from my mom got even worse, since my dad would normally mitigate it. Fast forward to 2021, my mom, 83-year-old female, began planning on how her possessions would be dispersed after she passes. She called all of the siblings up to her house so that we could make lists and plan on who received what. Many people wrote lengthy lists that she promised they would receive. I wanted a few sentimental items, photos of my parents, and a specific ring that my mother owns called the Mother's Ring that has the birthstones of all of her children. When I gave her my list, she told me that if I wanted the ring, it would be the only thing I would inherit, and beforehand she would remove its stones and give them to other siblings. This sparked an emotional argument, as I asked for much less than other people, and she said I didn't deserve more. 
We started bringing up things from the past with me mentioning how she mistreated me and she completely blew me off. I then tearfully told her I wished she had died instead of our father, because he would have treated his children much more fairly in this situation. This hurt her greatly because she has never recovered from the loss of her husband, and despite her behavior, she does love all of her children. After this happened, our relationship was never the same. We didn't speak for many months and every time I would see her, I would only say hello and goodbye. She hasn't apologized for what she's done in the past, or about the mother's ring. I do feel like what I said was harsh, but I won't apologize for it since I think someone needed to give her a reality check for how bad she's treated some of the siblings. And it was a moment of pent-up resentment I held down for many years. Even now, my mom's plan is to only give me the mother's ring with no stones in it and nothing else. So, am I the jerk? I mean, I'm a bit conflicted here because was it the right place to say such a thing in front of all of your other siblings? Was it only said just to hurt her, just to try to get some kind of revenge? At the same time, this is a lifetime of experiences and continued experiences. I mean, was it trying to hurt her if it was just a true statement? Maybe it's a situation where if you take a step back and you just look at it, OP would be the jerk. But at the same time, you just can't fault them or feel negatively towards them about it. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy Am I the Jerk here story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.